Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Pastor Brett's message from Luke. If we come to God thinking that we're pretty great, holiness will not occur. Because the reality is you are not great. Jesus is great. The story is not about you. The story is about Jesus and what he's done in and through you. So Simon's response also shows us something very important that I think is worth noting. Simon was far more concerned with who Jesus was rather than what Jesus could do for him. You notice that? He was far more concerned with who Jesus was than what Jesus could do for him. We live in a culture where we want instant gratification and we want Jesus to give it to us, don't we? If we're not careful, we fall into that trap too. I know I do as well. I want something, I just immediately go to God and say, hey, would you give me this thing? And I don't even think, is that even a part of his will at all? He was more concerned with who Jesus was than what Jesus could provide for him. Can the same be said of you this morning? Do you love and serve Jesus because of who he is? Or do you love and serve Jesus because you think he's going to get you something you want? That next relationship, that next job, the next promotion, that next car, the next house, that next status as a person, that next child, whatever it might be. Why do you love and follow and serve Jesus? Is it really because of him? Is it really because of who the word has revealed him to be? Is he really your Lord? Is he really your master? Verse 10 and 11 This miracle happens. Peter is wrecked. He's at the feet of Jesus saying, Lord, I can't even be in your presence. And we see in verse 10 that so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus turns to Simon and says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats and left the land, they left everything and followed him. This is a huge turning point in the life of Simon, James, and John. It's also a huge turning point in the ministry of Jesus. Up to this point, Jesus was a solo act, doing all the things himself, healing people kind of by himself. People were following kind of at a distance. This is the moment where Jesus goes from a solo act to being a kingdom-advancing cohort. He begins calling disciples to himself and saying, all right, guys, now it's time to get serious about why I'm here. And I choose you. I want you to follow me. Now again, we go, wow, they must have been amazing. They must have been super smart, seminary trained, the best of the best, cream of the crop. The reality is they were none of those things. None. They were simple fishermen, no education, worked their whole life in a very simple trade. And Jesus says, I want you to be apprentices of me. I want you to be on the front line of the mission of God with me. How amazing is that? Can you guys get excited about something like that, being on the front line of the mission of God? Well, guess what, church? The same invitation has been extended to you. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you have been invited and called to follow him. Notice the phrase that Jesus says, from now on. That signifies there's a change of purpose, there's a change of direction. Peter, Peter, Simon, James, and John, they were fishermen. That was their purpose, that was their calling, that was their life, that was their livelihood, it was everything. But Jesus, when we encounter Jesus, things change, or at least they should. And he says, from now on, you will now be catching men. So the call to follow Jesus is essentially the call to leave our agenda behind for his. Now, we were put on this earth to do a lot of things, 
But the primary reason that we were left on this earth after God saved us was to join him in his mission and to make disciples. We will have perfect teaching and perfect knowledge of the word when we get to heaven. We will have perfect praise of the Father when we're in heaven. We will have perfect fellowship without all the drama and all the things that come with relationships in heaven. You know the one thing heaven doesn't have? Evangelism. Doesn't have disciple making there because it's, there's no need for it there. There is a need for it right here though. Are you engaged in that mission? Are you engaged in the mission that Jesus has called you to follow? And this leads us to truth point number three, and we're about done. Jesus calls ordinary people to join his extraordinary mission to redeem and re- reconcile sinners back to God. You and I are ordinary people called into an extraordinary mission to be a part of what God is doing to redeem and reconcile sinners back to himself. From that point forward, we read, if you've read the rest of the New Testament, especially the book of Acts, you know that Peter, James, and John and their little ragtag of disciples turned the world upside down. They wouldn't stop preaching the kingdom. They would call people to repent and believe in the gospel. They were unashamed of the gospel. They were arrested. They were beaten. They were flogged. They were martyred. And they did all of it because they believed that Jesus was worth it. They believed who Jesus was, And they believed in following him even to the point of death. Jesus took an ordinary guy like Peter and molded him into an instrument that could be usable in his hands. In church, again, you have been extended that same invitation. You've been called to follow. In church, Jesus did not save you to sideline you. (laughs) Do you hear me this morning? He didn't save you to sideline you and say, oh, great, now that you're saved, please sit over there until we're done. He says, oh, I love these children. They are now children of God. We've been taken from children of wrath and be redeemed and reconciled, regenerated. We're now children of God, and we are invited to follow the king in his mission here in this broken world where everything's a mess, everything's broken. Nobody knows which way to go. Everyone's looking for the answers. In church, we have the answer. Paul says that I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. Church, when we share the gospel, the power of God gets out. How often do you share the gospel? It's not about my words. It's about the words of the gospel. When we share the gospel, that's when we see the power of God move. So if we want to see the the power of God in our day and age, what do we got to do? We got to share the gospel. And if we're not going to share the gospel, then we better not be expecting a move of God. Because God says it is the power of God for salvation for anyone who will believe. So if you want to see a move of God in this city, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family, share the gospel. Get trained. Learn techniques. Pray every day for divine opportunities. I've heard so many cool stories over the last month and a half that I've been here. People in nursing homes saying, I'm witnessing for the, the person that's taking care of me. People in the everyday workplace saying, I'm praying for my coworker. I'm leaving these little notes. All these stories that I hear, keep doing it, church. Every day, be ordinary people on mission with Jesus, engaged in the mission of God. It doesn't have to be complicated. It must be simple, but it must happen. Whew, you guys got me all fired up. <laughs> so according to the Great Commission... You were saved with someone else in mind. Okay? Stew on that for a little bit. When you were saved, God saved you with someone else in mind. How do I know that? Am I just making up a cool phrase or is that actually in the Bible? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 says that's in the Bible. 
Jesus says, therefore, now you are a new creation in Christ. And now that God is reconciling the world back to himself through Jesus, therefore, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, therefore, you are now ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through you. God making his appeal to the lost world through you. God makes his appeal to lost people through you. You were saved with someone else in mind. That's why you're not here just to sit the sidelines and ride the bench. We are ambassadors. We represent the king. We represent the kingdom. Everywhere we go, 24-7, 365, there are no days off if you're a disciple of Jesus. We wear his jersey. We're on his team. And everywhere we go, we are representing the kingdom. And the question is, how well do we represent that kingdom? How well do we represent the king that we say we believe, love, and serve? One commentator talks about this. He says that, and this is where, forgive me if this sounds a little harsh, but it must be said, we cannot say that we are a disciple of Jesus if we are not willing to submit to Jesus, if we are not willing to obey Jesus, and if we are not willing to join him in his mission. The commentator goes on to say, talking about the gospel is as far removed from effective witness is as talking about a race and race cars is from actually driving in the Indy 500. You and I are no more disciples just because we say that we are than I am saying I race in the Indy 500 because I talked about race cars. You can't say we're something if we don't do the something. In church, we have to ask ourselves the question, when in America and in the churches that we were raised in did it become okay for all of this stuff to become optional? Holistic, balanced, and well-rounded Christianity must take its place again where we obey all of this book, every line, every sentence, regardless of how it makes you feel. When did this book become optional? You see, we treat the aspects of Christianity and our faith like a buffet. We're like, oh, this is good. Oh, yeah, I'm going to serve. I love that. Mm. I'll tithe. Yeah, I'll take some of that. Um, ooh, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be there on Sunday for sure. Uh, making disciples of it. No, I'm good. Do we not? Do we not treat it like that? The Christianity of this book is not a buffet. It's a home lunch. It's already packed. Everything in there is what you need. And if your mom packs something you don't like, well, guess what? That's all you get for lunch, Right? <laughs> I had home lunch like all the time when I was growing up a kid and I was like, oh great, I got the can. Oh, I got to eat the apple. Unbelievable. She put carrots in here. What was she thinking? This is a home lunch that has been packed and prepared divinely for you every day to feast on. And in it are no options to consider. They're commands to be obeyed. Peter models that for us. And Jesus says, look, from now on, your life's changed. It's different. From now on, you will be catching men. So at the moment of conversion, you became personally responsible to fulfill the Great Commission. If you don't believe me, read Ephesians 3 and listen to what Paul says, that he became a servant of the gospel when God changed him and redeemed him. And we've already talked about the gospel being the power of God. But church, you can do this. He's given you the word of God. He's given you the spirit of God. He's placed you inside the community of God. Everything you need to do what he's asked you to do, he has provided graciously. Amen? Romans 10, and then we're about done. The worship team is gonna come up at this time. Romans 10 says, for scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. 
For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. Church, do you have beautiful feet this morning? Are you going into the places where you live, work, play, and do business with the good news of Jesus, praying for opportunities to simply love people with the gospel and to share it with them? And verse 11, we see another indication that we don't have time to fully unpack. But it says, they left everything and followed him. It doesn't mean we have to sell our houses and all of our possessions and move to Africa. That means we leave our agenda behind. Everything that we think we're here to do, if it doesn't line up this book, we stop doing it. Because church, we only have one life to live and it's this short. And the moment that it's done, the Bible says it's like a vapor, it's like a mist that passes away. The moment that it's done, eternity kicks in and eternity's forever. But what we do with our life here determines our destiny for eternity. Again, if you are here and not a believer, I want to talk to you how Jesus wants to change your eternal destiny. If you're a believer and you're like, I'm good, I'm saved. Well, I want to encourage you to get on mission with Jesus because he's called you to follow Are you willing to go? This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.